Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Avenue freeze out, which if you live on 10th Avenue in Seattle, is quite a possibility as it is cold and, uh, well, let's see, let's look out the window here, cold and kind of, it's not raining, it's, you know, it's the schmutz, you know, uh, weather here, if I were the weatherman, every day would be schmutz unless it was sunny, it's schmutzing out, you know, it's, it's that, that fine, it's raining, but it's not raining kind of stuff, you know, but that's what it is. That's, you know, I mean, that's what we deal with the live here, that in the, the month of December, months of December, and January, which are somewhat horrific um, because of the schmutz and the dark. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? We're here, right? And we're back. How you doing? I know I was gone a couple of weeks. I was under the weather and things were happening, but we're back. We'll be back with you. No more sad Saturday mornings without your pal, New York video, your car talking pal. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, man, it's been quite an eventful uh, couple of weeks, uh, as you might imagine, uh, in the car world as well uh, as also in life which tends to happen, you know, cars keep going, but life just, you know, your car can get stalled, but your life keeps going. And uh, so while we were gone, a couple of interesting and, and uh, important things happened. Uh, the price of gas dropped by a dime, I think. I mean, there's some places now where it's under... You know, four ninety nine a gallon. <laughs> I I don't know. You know, I it's the problem is when the gas thing happens like this, or anything happens, and you go on Facebook and you look, you, you get all sorts of bizarre theories. So I try to go to the business, the different business channels, and that's where I look for my reasons to see what's going on. And I look at the profits that the oil companies are making. And I look at, you know, the, the conditions, the world, what's going on, all of that stuff. Because if you look at Facebook or you look at social media, you're going to get every whack job conspiracy theory in the world. I mean, America, you know, I've grown up with an America that loves conspiracy theories. And I mean, since Kennedy, you know, I mean, think of it, think of it. The day, I mean, before Kennedy was dead in the hospital, there were conspiracy theories uh, already being espoused by people. The Cubans, the mafia, this guy, that guy. So we are a nation that has grown up with conspiracy theories. And we've uh, luckily passed it on to our children. So getting back to the price of gas, which is what you asked about in the first place. Yeah, the price of gas is dropping a little bit, not enough to make a difference. But I'll tell you what's not dropping is the profits for the oil companies. They're not dropping at all. So, you know, you want to blame this person, that person, president, this, this guy, that guy, the other guy, this woman, that woman. You know what? For me, it lies... Absolutely in the pockets of the oil companies. That's what's driving this thing. You would think in a time of national crisis, which I think we're still in, to be honest with you. I don't think the pandemic is as over as you want to believe it is. You know, I still wear my mask going into a store. Because, I mean, I'm highly susceptible to uh, COVID, and I don't want to get it. And I've managed to stay away from it for the last couple of years. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll, I'll go with the mask a little bit longer when I'm vexed. So I'll take a shot. Lipton tea. So refreshing. And it's not an ad, by the way, it's just a, an observation. Uh, so, but the good thing is, 
is if you are a Corvette fan, and this happened while we were away, and you know that I am just, you know, uh, having owned several Corvettes, and uh, I'm just a big-time Corvette fan, and um, you won't have to worry about gas if all of this uh, stuff that they're talking about uh, actually happens, which I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't. But, <coughs> excuse me, it looks like General Motors will produce a fully electric Corvette. <coughs> excuse me. Mark Royce, the uh, uh, head of General Motors, the GM president, uh, said so. In a, uh, in a, uh, did it in a LinkedIn post. How do you like that? And put up a little vo um, video that talks about um, a hybrid coming next year and a fully electric Corvette in the not too distant future. I would think you probably see that around 2026, somewhere around there, 2027. I hope I'm around to say it. But um, the possibilities for this are phenomenal. The design possibilities, the things that they can do. <clears throat> I believe when this car was engineered, and you know, I wanted to ask Tad Juke when I interviewed him, who's the chief engineer on the Corvette designer, um, if in fact this vehicle was built for a hybrid. If you could put, and I understand you know, through reading and, and reading up on it, that it is built to um, be fitted with a hybrid system. So, and what that will do is make it faster. It'll make it a lot quicker. That's for sure, because as we all know, electric motors uh, get to where they're going quicker than gasoline engines. It's just a fact. Now, you know, balance of sustainability and all of that kind of stuff, that's questions to be answered. I know that there's a lot of people in the Corvette community who don't like this or upset about this. <clears throat> there's not going to be a Corvette if it doesn't go rum, rum, rum. Well, you know, go out and buy a CD and stick it in your CD player with a rum, rum, rum in it. Uh, so that's the big news from Corvette, from Chevrolet, that uh, we got a chance to uh, uh, to give you over the last uh, couple of uh, weeks when we were gone. And it is, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all uh, turns out. I know I've driven the, the electric BMW sports car. And that sports car was off the charts. It was an incredible driving experience. Its speed, its responsiveness, its engineering. Uh, you, you were driving the future. And, uh, you know, I don't know if the Corvette, well, I'm sure the Corvette will beat it. We'll be better than that. I, I mean, who knows? We've got to see when it comes out. But the gas Corvette is, I think, uh, the world's best buy on a performance car. I mean, you can get yourself into a Corvette for, you know, 75000 bucks and be the coolest guy at the country club. And your golf clubs will fit in the front. Or the coolest lady at this. At, I don't know where the ladies go. They go golfing too. So you can put your golf clubs in the front. Problem is, I think, I don't know if you both these can put your golf clubs in there. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> I didn't, I don't have my golf clubs here. I have to uh, go back to beautiful uh, New York and pick up my, or actually Pennsylvania, pick up my golf clubs at some point. All right. So, um, Coming up in the show today, uh, we are going to um, we're going to have John Vincent join us, 
who is the president of the NWAPA. While we were gone, you might have saw the live broadcast I did from or heard the live broadcast I did from Mudfest down at Ridge Motorsports Park in Shelton, where we gathered a bunch of uh, Northwest-type vehicles, what we call Northwest-type vehicles, and put them through their paces. And we'll talk to John about that. He was there. He put the whole thing together, really, uh, most of it. And uh, talk a little bit about what cars won the competition and maybe one that didn't that uh, you saw me sporting around. Uh, We get a chance now to uh, take a minute to talk to our our good friend, our producer, and a guy who uh, who – on Saturday morning for the last couple of weeks, just stood in the studio and howled because I wasn't there. Nathan, our producer, Nathan, the producer. Good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing great. Good to see you again. Great to have you back at KKNW. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's good to be back and good to be happening. Good to be alive. As uh, Roy Campanella once wrote. Yeah. That's the most Um, important part. And I'm very glad you're doing okay. Yes. I know it was scary. It was very scary. Um, what are you? Uh, how are you doing? Uh, did you did you get along okay without me? What did, what did they put in place? The Financial Times or something like that? Well, I mean, good news is that with my car, that it's been having no issues, and by that I mean it's just been sitting still in the garage and doing nothing because I'm still waiting for it to get fixed. So nothing to chat about you as far as that goes. So we didn't really miss much as far as that story goes. It's yeah, still. Did, uh, um, well, let's see. How are the tires? <laughs> <laughs> they're doing fine. Uh, they're handling the rain really well, doing as they expected to perform, being all seasons. Yes, they're. Uh, that's that. That's good. Your tires have to perform. Yeah, you were telling me June before, late June before, you're going to get your car even into the shop, and you're going to hope that the the parts are around. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, I mean, just to get a car fixed these days, it's a two-month wait. Yeah, that's the story these days. You know, people, they don't necessarily want to go out and get a new car, per se. So what they want to do is just keep their car, and if something happens to it, try to fix it up as much as they can. So they take it to these body shops and get uh, their dings and scratches or dents taken care of and keep driving that car until the new car market becomes a little bit more readily available. And... So they're backlogged with those people trying to like just keep their cars up and running. And also, yeah. too, while there's still this new car shortage, there's also a parts shortage. So they got to wait until Mazda can get them the parts. And they don't even know if they can possibly get the car's parts by June 22nd. They said they'll give me a call the week before to confirm if the parts have come in or not and if they can actually make that appointment time. Well, that's good. At least they're not. Uh, at least they're not putting your car in and then holding it there until the parts come or something right. like that. That would be kind of nuts. But uh, well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're finally getting it resolved and the insurance company and everything and all that resolved and paid the paid the bill at least, hopefully, and uh, everything got uh, got groovy with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Is there a question you might want to ask me uh, this uh, fine Saturday morning? We got a maybe change up that question and say maybe, yo, Vinny, what have you been driving all this time? But <laughs> here's the original well, one. We just want to know what's going on this week. So here we go. Yeah, all right. Yo, Vinny, <laughs> what are you driving this week? Oh, man, what am I driving this week? You know what? I am having a sentimental ride down memory lane this week as I am driving the 2022 Toyota 4Runner. This is one of my favorite vehicles. I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you how life works. Strangely, Wednesday night, my daughter came back to, for, from a trip to Europe on a little vacation, and I went to the airport and I picked her up. And um, it was the first day I got the Forerunner. And when she was a little girl, and she and her mom lived down in San Francisco, and I was up here when I used to pick her up at the airport. I used to pick her up in the Forerunner because she liked that car, and it was it was awesome. Uh, you know, we we did a lot of our fun adventures up to the tops of mountains and up to the you know here and there and everywhere in the Forerunner. 
And um, so it was very sentimental to go to the airport and pick her up in the car. And I'll, I'll tell you what, the forerunner, from what I've seen so far, and I'll put post pictures of it later on Facebook, from what I've seen so far, the forerunner has not changed that much. It still does what it's meant to do. And that is take you off-road, not in a modicum of luxury, but in a modicum of efficiency and being built to do what it does best, go over hill, go over dale, go over logs, go to forward streams. I mean, it's high. It's got big tires. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it does the job. Now, it has modern updates, obviously. Uh, you know, lane change, uh, what do you call it, blind spot monitors and all the safety equipment. But I've, in, I've so enjoyed my uh, time driving this car so far, and I think I will enjoy it uh, for the rest of the week, and then we'll do a review on it. Uh, coming up later in the show, we will uh, delve into the Honda Civic hatchback. What a car. More of that coming up. Uh, John Vincent joins us next here on Draft Time Radio. It's new. It's new. It's new. The new, new 62 Lark by Studebaker. With big car comfort at compact prices. New, highest, widest doors of all. New, big, sofa-soft, deep padded seats. New, thick, rich pile rugs and flat flush floors with no trip over sill. New, lock limousine, stretch out room, big car comfort at a compact price. New, giant lock trunks, almost 17 cubic feet of cargo space. New, big 15 inch wheels give you new riding comfort and surprise. New, fresh styling in the big, wide, wonderful line of larks from Studebaker. Two new Lark Daytonas, America's newest action car in hardtop and convertible style. With bucket seats, very sporty. A companion console compartment, very spiffy. Available too, four-speed transmission for exhilarating performance. Now enter the most luxurious car you'll find in the compact price range, the Lark Cruiser. More room and luxury than you'll find in most cars. Here's the new 62 Lark Hardtop with sliding sunroof. Available on all Lark sedans and hardtops. Simply beautiful. Just peek inside. Look at these big, loungy limousine seats and thick pile rugs. Here's the new Lark convertible, all dialed up with new 62 styling. There's big wagon room in the new 62 Lark wagon, too. Look at that enormous cargo space. Please be sure to see and test drive all the exciting new 62 Larks at your Studebaker dealer with big car comfort at compact prices. And remember, they're endurance built by Studebaker. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW and also on the worldwide uh, Golden V Media Network. If you are uh, anywhere in the world, you can hit us up and listen to us wherever you are. We, we get like emails and stuff from people like all over the world that listen to this. Well, okay, I got a guy in England and one guy in Poland. It's not all over the world, but it's kind of all over the world. Welcome in now the president of the NWAPA, the Northwest, excuse me, Northwest uh, uh, (laughs) West Association of Media People. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, It's one of those mornings. Uh, Anyway, he's president of WAPA. He's a good friend of mine and uh, a good person, one of the premier car reviewers and uh, columnists in the Northwest. John Vincent joins us. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm good. Northwest Automotive Press Association is what I'm going to say. (laughs) Can I tell you, man, I took a little cold medicine before the show, and it's obviously uh, taking its effect. How you been, man? You cool? Been good. Good, 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 good. Good to see. Now, what is that in the background? uh, uh, That is a 2022 GMC Yukon AT4. 
Wow, that's a uh, that's a huge vehicle, man. That is, uh, I remember it's driving a big it. truck. It's a lot of truck, man. I mean, if you got a big family, <clears throat> we used to call that one. You, you know that that looks like it would be like equivalent to the Chevy Impala station wagon of the sixties. You know, like the it is, but with wood. a much higher price tag. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Brookwood or the Kingswood with the nine seats. And the one seats to face backwards and everything. And um, uh, we used to call them Catholic school cars because the Catholic kids, you know, <laughs> got a big family. You got to buy a car like that. Oh, man. Um, and where is that behind you? That's a beautiful uh, scene. That's on the Columbia River Gorge. Ah, gorgeous. <laughs> no, no pun intended. Well, we, we, we traipsed around in the mud for a couple of days, didn't we? We did, and we actually had mud this year, which was a welcome addition. I know you don't. Why complain about the rain when you, you know? And I was saying something about it earlier in the show, but the reality is, for the first time in a few years, there was mud, and there was you could you could actually <clears throat> dip down into a into water. It was a great course that uh, that uh, was set up there down at the. Ridge Motorsports Park for off-roading and without, you know, I mean, we don't look to wreck the vehicles. We look to test their capabilities. Exactly. We want to drive them like the maximum that most buyers would ever do in the Northwest. Right. And 95% of people are never going to take a, a, an SUV or a, a car like a, like a all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. And take it far off road. Maybe we're going to see a mountain road, a, a fire road, something like that. Most, but for the 20% that might, you know, we want you to be confident in what you buy or what you go look at. Um, and, well, yeah, and, I, and here's the scenario you need to look at. You, you head out to the trailhead on a Friday night and it's perfectly dry and it pours all weekend. And on Sunday, when you're driving back out of that trailhead, that forest service road is muddy and slippery and you need to get home. And these vehicles are, we'll get you, we'll do that for you. And, you know, one of the things that I find, <clears throat> and I have a place that I go up by Mount Pilchuck that where I take these vehicles and kind of go up a forest road and take them a little bit off road. Um, the forest service, the federal government does not maintain these roads. Uh, they don't have a, a, usually, I mean, I've seen once in a while, but for the most part, when a, a ditch or a hole or something goes into a road, if it's not a, a safety issue, they kind of leave it alone. They kind of say, okay, you know, if you're up here, you probably got a four-wheel drive, you can go through it. So you see a lot of different um, roads that have, you know, that have deep pits in them. And it's a great test for these cars uh, and, and trucks because uh, that's the Northwest lifestyle. That's what we put up with here. That's what we deal with. That's what we love about it. And that's why we, why do we live here. Yeah, that's why we live here. Um, and, and that's why every year now for 26 Seven. years. 27. Wow. Holy moly. Man, we all get old. So anyway, uh, the 2022 Northwest Outdoor Activity Vehicle of the Year winners um let's let's run through them uh the subcompact and compact family this one you can usually just hand to subaru i mean they just they send a car and we just put the award in the back seat and we send it back to uh dominic and and the people at subaru uh but this year a surprise huh a brand new car from mazda the mazda cx50 a 2023 model yeah it was um it was a pleasant surprise. I don't, I didn't realize I was going to like it as much as I did. And then all of a sudden I got in it and drove it around. And when the guy from Mazda, you know, wasn't selling me on it, it actually felt like a really solid, sturdy, um, luxurious. I mean, I mean, Mazda has really done a, uh, an incredible job with uh, upgrading their interiors. Yeah, the CX-50 takes off kind of where the CX-5 leaves off. I and mean, CX-5 is still in the in the lineup for now. Uh, but CX-5 is a great car, but it doesn't have very much off-road capability. And the new CX-50 adds a touch of off-road capability, which makes it a much more versatile vehicle for, for drivers in the Northwest. That's what we're seeing these days, aren't we? I mean, we're seeing 
uh, manufacturers really reconstructing these vehicles uh, with more clearance. I mean, we see it in the case of Subaru with the Wilderness Series, uh, giving them more off-road, more ability to get away, get out of the mainstream, get off the highway, go fishing, go do something. Uh, or, or at least the appearance that they can do that. Right. They want to make you feel confident. Uh, I, I don't know yet what the reality of all of that is. Uh, but at least it felt like with the the fifty that it handled the courses, the the, the roughs and the good, you know, pretty well. I mean, I would feel confident. I, mean, I don't know if I go forward in the stream with it, to be honest with you. But yeah, if I had to, if, if I had to uh, you know, go over a rough patch somewhere, yeah, I, I, I think it'd get me to the other side. We understand, and the automakers understand that the only time that most of the, these vehicles will do what we did with them is if they're lost. Yeah, very true. The, the nav system does not work in some parts of the forest. Keep that in mind. All right. The men, the full-size family, the, uh, an interesting choice here. Um, <clears throat> Kia Sorento, the new uh, plug-in hybrid, which I've driven, is a spectacular vehicle. Uh, I, I think it's a great vehicle, but it got beat out this year uh, by uh, an old stalwart, an old... Uh, well, an old favorite that's kind of uh, redesigned and brought up to uh, to the um, to the two, to the twenty twenty twos, the uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee four XE, which means it's extra electric. So, after a very long career, the last generation of the Grand Cherokee finally was retired this last year, and there's an all new Grand Cherokee out. One of the models of the new Grand Cherokee is the 4xe, which is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle that can run on solely electric, run on electricity alone for a certain period of time, and then it uh, seamlessly switches over to traditional hybrid operation. It's a great blend of the best of electric cars and gasoline vehicles. Yeah, I think more and more uh, people are looking at these things and that ability. So if you're cruising around the neighborhood, going on short runs, you use the electric, uh, you have the gas to back up and it takes away your, uh, your anxiety. If you live in a city, you're probably going to go with an electric car. But if you are one of those people that, you know, you take your weekend trips up to the cabin, uh, this thing was nice. It was comfortable. It was, um, you know, Jeep does, Jeep does a great job, uh, in design and in, you know, putting nice appointments there. Uh, infotainment system may be the best on the market. You connect is fantastic. Yeah, it really, it works and it's intuitive and you're not sitting there for hours trying to figure out, you know, how to find your destination. Um, a newcomer, the Genesis uh, had a field day with us, didn't it? Well, kind of a newcomer. It was actually our overall winner last year, the GV70, their smallest SUV. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That it won last year, the seventy, and they're um, boy, they're really knocking up the uh, luxury SUV market um, with a, a product that feels like, you know, I can't help but get into Genesis and think of the Kia K nine hundred. Remember that? Remember that luxury car that Kia put out? It was a ninety thousand dollar car that you could buy for sixty six thousand dollars. Yep. It was it was one of the fan. I mean, I took a road trip in that car from Miami to Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh, and it was one of the best road cars I had ever driven. And so Kia and Hyundai have taken that experience and um, put it into the Genesis. I mean, they're really. I haven't driven a lemon yet, or not even a lemon. Forget it. A bad, you know, a, an uncomfortable car. Yep, that K900 was a fantastic car, but luxury car buyers wouldn't go buy one at a Kia dealer. Um, with Genesis, which is a spin-off brand of Hyundai, they will they're getting some standalone Genesis stores and the Genesis team is doing everything they can to insulate you from the fact that you might have to go to a Hyundai dealer to buy one. Yeah, it's um yeah, it is uh, and but the car stands up, you see, so, and, and I think part of what happened with the K900 and, and uh, again, a great car, but who wants to pull up to the golf club in a Kia? Right. You know, 
if you pull up the oh, they do now if they have a telluride yeah now yeah now now but now they're they're you know their their images changed so much but still at that time nobody wanted to pull up i mean the best use of those cars was for uber and now you um Tiger Woods, I mean, you know, Genesis hasn't made the claim, but you could make the claim that the Genesis safety system saved Tiger Woods' life. You know, and for golfers, that's a huge attraction. Yeah. And the Genesis SUVs are fantastic, and they have a new one coming online in the next few months, uh, a pure electric uh, SUV, which looks fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. All right, pickup trucks. My oh, we favorite. missed one. We missed the second Genesis. Oh, uh, yes, the G, uh, the GV80. Yes, the full size luxury. Full size. That a rock. GV80, another excellent Genesis vehicle. Yes. Uh, again, the uh, if you're in the market for that luxury SUV, you would do yourself well to go to a Genesis showroom and take a look at these cars. They they handle well. They uh, respond well. I mean, they're quick. They're agile. They don't, it feels like you're driving a car much more than you're driving a crossover. I mean, they're really, there's just so much good baked into these cars. If you're in the market for a Lexus, an Infiniti, um, a Cadillac, uh, an Audi, go to Genesis and drive their cars before you buy, if you can find one, because they're incredibly popular. But drive the car first and then make your decision. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I, said that a million times to people is go uh drive a genesis and i did want to give uh the jeep wagoneer here a little bit of a mention too because uh the wagoneer is uh and the the, the, the big wagoneer the grand wagon i mean as a the jeep has really put themselves uh head first into the big suv market they have and uh, the wagoneer was the uh, runner-up in that one the uh the four by four i love it and and Maybe the Wagoneer was the most off-road capable vehicle <coughs> that we had driven. Um, maybe. <laughs> for, for the Northwest, I think the Grand Cherokee does better because the Wagoneer is so big that yeah. it can't fit a lot of trails and you end up uh, brushing up against trees and getting scratches and stuff with the vehicle as big as the Wagoneer out there. It is very capable, but... Jeep does not trail rate that vehicle. That's right. I forgot that. All right. My uh, my favorite pickup trucks, I've been advocating for a small pickup truck for years, uh, only because those damn diesel pickup trucks are so loud. When, oh, my God, you know. Um, and the, uh, the 2022 Hyundai Santa Cruz uh, is, I mean, it's all you want it to be, really. I mean, I mean you talk about a perfect Northwest car. To me, this is the perfect Northwest car. It, it does well, and it's a second-year uh, winner in this category, and it's built, and it's beat the big guys. It, last year, it beat the Ram TRX. This year, it beat the Ford Raptor. Yeah, well. For a Northwest pickup, it works well. On a personal note, I still can't call it a pickup truck. I call it a pickup. I can't call it a truck because it's, it's very comfortable. It's very car-like. It is... Essentially, a Hyundai Tucson with a bed, which then there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Subaru. Um, you know, did the Brat years ago, and and did the uh, the Baja later on. I mean, you know, uh, I would love to see uh, General Motors reincarnate a small uh, pickup truck like a um, uh, Chevy know, Love, like a Chevy Love. Yeah, uh, you know, a small city size pickup truck because people in the cities buy pickup trucks too. I think that a lot of manufacturers are probably looking at Ford right now, looking at the Maverick and saying, wow, that's doing well. We need to jump into that segment. Right. And I love the Maverick too. I love the fact that you, they give you a key with it and you put the key in and that's how you start it like old school. And that's how they kept some of the costs on the car down. Uh, They've done a fantastic job of coming up with a really stylish, really functional interior for a base price of around 20 grand, which is amazing. Right. And it's, it's going to be, I think it is huge for Ford. Now will be even bigger when, you know, as, as these cars, as we get back to 
some sense of normalcy in the car business. Uh, as you know, as we all know, uh, the car business is topsy-turvy right now. Uh, the popular models, you can't get them. If you go to a dealer to try to get them, uh, they're looking for thousands over, um, over sticker price. Um, and that popularity is one of the reasons why we didn't have all of these cars in our event is there just wasn't a Maverick available to be in the event. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, I was actually surprised that, uh, there wasn't, but boy, yeah. Cause the Maverick probably, the Maverick probably would have beat the Santa Cruz in the respect of people like you that, that sit on the fence on whether the Santa Cruz is a truck or not. Um, uh, or, are in, firmly ensconced in their belief. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Santa Cruz. It just, I just can't call it a truck. Yeah, I know. I see. I and I call it a truck because it's it's just something that, uh, you know, I would take to Home Depot. I would I would buy it. I would take it to Home Depot. I would take it and load stuff. What you know, do whatever I needed to do uh, with it. You could even sleep back there. I actually slid would under you the call the, the El Camino a truck. Uh, yes, it is. It was sold because it's, there's a GMC model and it was sold by truck. Uh, many people used to use the El Camino as a small truck. Okay. Um, we even had, <clears throat> we even had a, uh, uh, back in my misspent youth, we had a, uh, El Camino at two of them, El Camino tow trucks, where we put a three pole manly crane in the back, beefed up the rear springs and sent it out, um, to, uh, pick up wrecks and if That's you had a, optimistic and if you had to pull a car out of a garage you know in new york they have those low garages under the buildings huh. the el camino went right in backed it up took it out that now you didn't want sense. to go too far with it <laughs> yeah. Try to throw it outside to the real picket or to the uh, real truck yeah exactly but but a lot of delivery places, a lot of ranches. Yeah, I I would consider the El Camino a truck. I think it was actually sold. I think it actually was um, uh, sold under the Chevy Trucks banner, as opposed to uh, the um, the car banner. All right, let's get back to uh, the extreme capability. You know, I got to tell you something. I this thing won. I wasn't all that impressed with it, to be honest with you. I love the Raptor. I truly love the Raptor. I, I, I like what it represents, and I like that they build it. Uh, you know, listen, I was a guy that covered a SS-454, uh, you know, uh, C-10 for years. And so I, I know where they're going. I know what they want to do. I know, But this particular Raptor just didn't, I don't know, it, it didn't do a lot for me. And, and, and. I don't know. Maybe, you know, listen, you, we all like different stuff. That's why it's a beautiful world, right? Well, with the last generation Raptor, um, the day I got it delivered as a press car, had it in the driveway, and my wife got home from work, looked at the truck and says, let's skip the next minivan and get one of these. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> we ended up getting another minivan, but, you know, the hope was there. Uh, but this this new Raptor with the twin turbo V6, um, very capable, very fast, very loud, absolutely obnoxious, makes no sense, and it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, you know, and I guess maybe sometimes I look at these. It's it's like the um, the Jeep last year with the you know the the Hemi. I mean, it's um. You mean the Ram TRX? The, uh, well, a Ram TRX, then we had the the uh, the, Jeep, oh, the, the uh, Wrangler. Wrangler 392. 392, yeah. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense whatever. No, it doesn't, but, but it, it sounds But good. it is sure fun to pull up at the country club with that one. <laughs> or yep. the, the TRX. I mean, trucks that made no sense, but yet. And, um, the and yet they're selling everyone they can make. Oh, yeah. Well, that you know, America's, I, I mean, let's face it. We want to go fast. People, you know, if you can put somebody in a car with 600 horsepower um, and they got the money to buy it. We want everybody to know we can go fast, not yeah. necessarily go fast. And that's why you see cars going over cliffs in places, because 
they don't sell them with uh, instructional, uh, you know, how to drive a fast car. Some do now, but not enough. Yeah, not enough. I mean, mean, I'm I'm one of those people that think it should be a requirement if you have a car over a certain amount of horsepower to register it, you have to take, uh, you know, some kind of safety class because it, it, it really does become uh, an uncontrollable force. I mean, I consider myself to be a, a, an excellent driver. Yet, when I get in one of those cars and you gun it, uh, you know, on some back road, there's an there's a inertia force that goes on with that car that is different, completely different from the Hyundai. <laughs> a great example of that is the new Hummer EV, which has more than a 1,000 horsepower weighs 9,000 pounds. Yeah. Putting an inexperienced driver behind the wheel of a Hummer is scary. Yeah. Uh, and again, just, you know, you get, uh, you get some guys got a lot of money. Woman's got a lot of money. Their kid comes along and says, Hey, here, you know, here you go, kid. Here's a, here's a nice hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar Hummer for you for your graduation. Kid gets in and he got his driver's license like a year ago. And hits the uh, hits the gas and boom, well hits the uh, accelerator and accelerates like a nuclear rocket. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I wonder about it. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Oh, the north of uh, the electrified utility vehicle was the Jeep Grand Cherokee. We talked about that one. Great, uh, great truck, great uh, off road vehicle, and great uh, the fact that you can operate it on electric. And a Northwest Outdoor Activity Vehicle of the Year. Ta-da! John? Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. This is the one. And if you are a uh, if you're a Northwest person, if you wear flannel shirts with a T-shirt under it, and the flannel shirt is open, and you have nonstop Nirvana and uh, Soundgarden blasting through your speakers, this is the car you want, right? Yeah, trade in your Outback and get one of these. Um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be huge for Jeep if you can get one. Again, these electric cars, everybody complains about them, but yet everybody's trying to buy one. Yep. The uh, 4XE comes with a pretty big price premium, but it qualifies for a $7,500 tax rebate because it is a plug-in vehicle. Yeah, and and it means, uh, you know what? It uh, I thought, uh, again, we talked about this. It was, uh, I thought it was uh, a spectacular vehicle. Yeah, it does everything it needs to do, and it does it well and with no drama. It's what people yeah. want. Yeah, and and again, I go back to for these for the the Jeep Grand Cherokee, and you know, listen, in days gone by, I can't imagine like guys like Tom Cahill or Robert Comerford, who were two great uh, um, car reviewers and car experts, uh, talking this much about the radio in the car, but. In our age, where everything is controlled by a screen in the center of your dashboard, the Uconnect system becomes uh, a key piece of this car because if you can't operate it, you really start to uh, to lose a lot of what you paid for in the car. Yeah, and there are some fantastic infotainment systems out there like Uconnect and, some, and still some really bad ones that are distracting hard to use um just ridiculous uh, i know there's one vehicle out there there's one vehicle out there where you cannot dim the dash without going into the menus on the infotainment system yeah that's just silly yeah it's uh, there's uh, you know controlling is is from that thing is good but you still need to have i think at least for the foreseeable future redundant controls to control the, the safety systems of the car, the heat, uh, the lights, you know, everything like you, that. It's you need nothing. those tactile systems where you can reach down and feel the button and know you're hitting the right button. With a screen, you have to look at the screen to know you're hitting the right button. Yeah, by the way, was it the, um, is it the Grand Cherokee that has the screen in front of the passenger or is it the... It is, the available yeah. screen in front of the passenger. Maybe the coolest thing I've seen in uh, this year was the screen in front of the passenger that allows you to send one button to the driver to do a function. Like if you're in the nav system and you 
do a, so the driver doesn't have to sit there. And every, listen, we all say, oh, yeah, we'll pull over and use it. Nobody pulls over to use them, except me, because I can't keep, you know. But people definitely don't, uh, you know, and, and this screen, don't pull over it. And this screen uh, that the passenger can operate, the driver cannot see, is fantastic. Yep. And, um, you know, the voice control systems have gotten so much better. Uh, just spent some time in the new Toyota BZ4X, their new electric car, which has an Android-based, um, I'm sorry, not the, for, the BZ4X, the Volvo C40 electric um, with the Android-based uh, infotainment system. It's natural voice. You can talk to it like you and I are talking, and it understands what you're talking about and what it figures out what you're trying to ask and gives you that information. It's it's stunning and it does it really quickly. You know, one of my favorite TV shows, John, growing up was My Mother in a Car. And if you remember that TV series, uh, it had uh, the car used to have a light on the dashboard that would go on. And that's how Anne, the voice of Ann Southern would communicate with Jerry Van Dyke, who was the, you know, the, the guy in the show. And, um, I look at these systems now and I can't help but think of my mother in a car, <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> they're getting better all the time. And they're not just going to be on high-end cars. You're going to have these voice control systems and these easy-to-use infotainment systems on everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the age of the dial radio is uh, is quickly going by us. And, uh, and listen, I, I don't know if it's for the better or the worse, but, you know, we have kids that are driving today that, you know, grew up with the iPhone, you know? Uh, Ask yourself this question. What are the chances that a child born today will never drive a gasoline-powered vehicle? Very good. Very yeah. good. Very good. I think, I think gas-powered vehicles will be at car shows, and that's it. They'll be in car shows in very limited... Um, you know, vocational things where you just need that range that a battery pack can't provide. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it really is the debt. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll make for a better world for our kids. Hopefully this is what we're, what all the crap that we've left them with. Maybe this is the one good thing we'll leave them with. A lot of our colleagues are in Texas this week, driving the future. That is the Ford F-150 Lightning, which is probably the most important car Ford has made since the Model A. Yeah, if this one goes, if this one works for the, not just for us here, but if this one works for the uh, rancher in Nebraska uh, that wakes up to uh, 10 below, and if it works for, uh, you know, the, the dairy farmer in Wisconsin uh, that wakes up in 20 feet of snow once or twice a winter and still can get in his truck and go to work, it'll be huge. It'll be absolutely huge. Um, it, it, it is, as you say, the game changer. John, it's good to see you. Good to have you on the show. Great uh, to see you. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I will uh, talk to you very soon, I am sure. But John, of course, president of the NWAPA, the Northwest uh, uh, Automotive Press Association, uh, and, a, and a good friend. John, take care of yourself. Thank you, Vinny. All right, John. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go right to our... Um, our uh, cartoon of the week. Let's hit it right now. It is a tribute to Mother's Day. Let's listen to the theme from My Mother the Car. That is Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, doing the uh, theme song. Now, he didn't sing it in the show. It was done, I believe it was done by Jerry Van Dyke, but uh, My Mother the Car uh, show that uh, aired on NBC from 65 and I think 66 as well. It was, you know, it was a, a really bad show, but it was about cars. And a young, impressionable 10-year-old Vinny at the time, uh, you know, really dug it, really loved it, really thought, wow, a show about cars. That's awesome. So we pay tribute on this Mother's Day to uh, Ann Southern, who played the voice of my mother, the car. All right, time now for your uh, road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
Ah, uh, nothing ugly about this one. This week we uh, take a ride in the Honda Civic Sport hatchback, and oh man, you know I uh, I really got to uh, hand it to Honda. They have taken this Civic, this 2022 Civic, and they have made it um, a car for everybody. There is a model in the Civic um, uh, uh, lineup that fits everybody. Now, unfortunately, you can't go in and you can't order the car exactly like you want. Uh, but you can get it close. The different engine combinations, some of them go with different packages and so on and so forth. But there is uh, a, a definite, I don't know, a, a, a definite um, attraction with this car to many types of people if you want to buy a good solid safe car for your kids uh to go back and forth to college to commute to go around town as a small family car it fits the bill if you want something that's fun to drive uh fits a lot of stuff in uh is a, a comfortable car very comfortable more comfortable than maybe anything else out there in its class the Honda Civic does a great job. The design on the outside is is gorgeous. And it is, um, you know, uh, the HBD package and some of the other things. It's the 11th generation Civic. Uh, the braking is spectacular. You know, lots of cars go. The model I drove had a, a six-speed automatic and it really it did the job you know it really did it uh you know it was fun to drive it was actually a blast to drive and uh you know small engine 158 horsepower but it moves the car along um it does you know if you get the 180 horsepower turbo engine in a six-speed manual like was in this car uh it it really moves it nicely uh, this was the touring model that i drove and uh, it gets around 36 miles per gallon so you have comfort you have sportiness and you have a car that when you drive it up to the drive-in uh the young kids are going to look at because it's one of the most popular cars to tune up out there to uh you know to make a hot rod out of and the new civic the civic hatchback roomy in back fits a lot of stuff Rear seats are comfortable. Front seats are very comfortable. A great road car. I mean, you couldn't, can't beat this thing for a road car. And uh, it really is a, a, a spectacular vehicle. 36,000 and change uh, as I drove it. Um, 2,906 pounds uh, is what it weighs. So, you know, it gets great gas mileage. I think I got about 34 on the highway with it. Uh, in the high 20s in the city. And I drove I drove the car hard. Drove it hard. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Drive Time this week. We thank you so much for rejoining us. We will catch up with you next week at the same time. Thanks to Nathan, the producer. Thanks to everybody who helps this show out. And I will see you uh, next Saturday morning at, 10, at uh, 8 o'clock if the Lord's will in the creek don't rise. Have a good week.